So uh, it's Monday the 13th of July at about 20 to 3 and I'm sitting here in a coffee shop called The Green Man, isn't it? This is called? No, no, no Soul. This is Soul. Cafe Soul in Glastonbury. Yeah. And I'm sitting at this table. I've intruded upon these very nice, friendly people. Oh, there wasn't anywhere else. People. <laughs> and I'm going to hand you over to... All I know about this chap is that he's a historian and that like me, he's smoking roll-up. So go <laughs> ahead. Tell, tell us who you are and um, what what area you specialized in, your history, your research. Okay. Before I start asking you a few questions about King Arthur, the Green Knight, and so on. Okay. My name is Hugh Leprevo. Um, I've lived in Glastonbury for 20 years. I'm a researcher, a lecturer, and author and a bit of an artist. I say a bit of an artist, I'm not that good, uh, but... Uh, a good artist. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. <laughs> I do my best. Go ahead. And uh, I'm particularly interested in uh, the Druids, the history of the Druids and the history of King Arthur right. and what was going on at that period of time. Very well. And, uh, Wonderful. Well, I just that's... find it really exciting. Mm. I don't, uh, as much as I would like King Arthur to have been here, in all honesty, I think the myth of Arthur is here, but I think the reality of King Arthur is actually in South Wales. Really? Yeah. yeah a specific place in South Wales? Um, well, he the uh, original Arthur was a member of the Desai tribe. Now, the Desai tribe had been exiled, I think, around 400 AD, maybe a bit before, from, from Ireland. The whole tribe had been exiled. They had a, a fight with the, with the Irish king, and they lost, and they were chucked out. So they came and they settled in South Wales. And round about the uh, round about the year 550 the I think it would be about 550 you have to go and check this out this is all historically verifiable there was a king of the Desai tribe called Arthur there's been several people of that several kings of that name and he had several capitals that were scattered around the whole of Wales the um, now what was I going to say about him yeah he had several capitals and he was crowned at Caerleon by Archbishop Dubricius and uh, Dubricius what, what kind of period are we talking about I think around around five five ten five hundred five ten so somewhere there around there uh, yeah, well, call him bishop then. Bishop. Yes. Oh, yes, there was archbishop. The church was highly organised by that time, right. and they were. There was a lot of uh, bishops in France, in Brittany, uh, because a lot of the British Celts had migrated because of plague, famine, and war. They had migrated to to northern France to a district called Amorica which um, there were so many of them, they called it Brittany, which means Little Britain or Lesser Britain. And they established themselves there. And the Christian church really got established, although it was established here, it was really established in Brittany. And they began um, 
coming across. There was also um, uh, theological seminaries in South Wales at that time. For example, Lampeter University uh, was actually a, uh, a theological college and one of the main graduates of Lampeter University in those days, in the Arthurian times, was Saint Samson, who is the patron saint of Guernsey, where I originally come from. Now, Saint Samson was the nephew of King Arthur, and he lived in, well, he lived in Guernsey, he lived in, in Brittany and Dol, but he had originally come from South Wales. And, uh, is there any connection between Gawain and Samson? Is it possibly the same figure? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they were separate figures, personally. And You're thinking Gawain and the Green Knight, yes, presumably. Yeah. yeah. You don't think there's any I think those are allegorical because the Arthurian stories get incorporated into the legends of the Knights Templar. Yeah. The Knights Templar are... Um, went over to the Middle East, as you know, and fought their wars against Saladin and uh, fought alongside Richard the Lionheart, came back, um, and they came back with great treasure and great secrets. And they hid their secrets in allegorical form, and they used the Arthurian stories um, as mystical Templar allegories, uh, which eventually became Freemasonry. Right. Now, can we just have a little digression, now that you talked about the Templars? Uh, the great suppression that took place under, was it King Philip of France? Yes. In, what, 14... Oh, um... The end of 1300. Yeah, tw yes. Uh, but, but gosh, the uh, date is, is left me, but yes, you're right, I'm, I'm with you. Um, what was the cause of that suppression? Why did they destroy the Templars at that time? Ah, uh, Philip was broke. <laughs> and he wanted that he wanted he had wanted to join the Templars in. So we can carry on. Go ahead. You said Philip was broke. Philip was broke. He had wanted to join the Templars in the past, and the Templars had refused to admit him to their order. He was homosexual. Uh, that might have been one of the reasons why they didn't want him in their order. I don't know, but that might have been. Um, he, he was broke and he needed the cash, and the only people who had money at the time were the Templars. So his cousin, I think it was his cousin, was Pope at the time. His name was Innocent. Pope Innocent the first. A, uh, a travesty of a name. Um, he outlawed, he persuaded uh, Pope Philip, persuaded Pope Innocent to outlaw the Templars. And I think it was 1213, or was it a bit later? I think it must have been later. Um, not much later, but anyway. You see, because Saladin oh, yes, took it is later. Jerusalem 1187. Yes. Um, he regained, he took I should say. I think it was at least 100 years after that. Yeah. That the suppression took place. We're talking yesterday. So, what about the accusations that the Templars were secretly Sufis? The Templars went to the Middle East and um, they met the Hashashin. Now, when there are other stuff, 
the hashishi. No, we can have, we can have some stuff. And I hate that. Because this is going to be edited. It's going to go on as because it's a conversation. It's not formal interview. No. So that's nice to have little interruptions to show this is live and it's not, you know, fabricated. This is true. Well, the Hashashin, um, the, the Templars went over to the Middle East and they met the Hashashin. Well, the Hashashin believed in one God. Well, the Templars also believed in one God. So they thought, well, there's, we've got unity of faith here. Exactly. Um, we, they may not be Christian, but nevertheless, we can, we can work together with these people. And the Hashashin uh, dressed in white robes with a red sash around their waist. Now, the Templars dressed in white with red cross on their um, on the back, on, on, the on, the, on the front. Oh, really? And so the, the uniforms were almost identical. And they fought against Saladin. And uh, they had a. And they well, respected Saladin, didn't they? They respected Saladin. And that is where they came across um, hashish for the first time. And they brought it back to Europe and they called it the Green Man. Ah, now that is a very important connection. And there's not a lot of people. Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that now. And now you have to explain who that is for our listeners. Uh, well, that was a very poor attempt at Michael Caine. Exactly. <laughs> and Michael Caine was, was, was Because I'm was sure, as far as the listeners were concerned, with listening to my accent, not a lot of people would know that anyway. Well, you see, I was, I was born and brought up with that accent. And I was, I was knocked out of me by elocution classes. <laughs> I'm the same. Really? Well, I came from Guernsey and they speak with a completely different accent to me. So that was knocked out of me as well. But, uh, yeah. So, um, they, they brought the hashish back to Europe, called it the Green Man. And the patron saint of Britain and Portugal and Turkey and one or two other countries, perhaps, is St. George. Now, for George, we have the word geo, meaning earth, um, and it's the green man. It's he, St. George, is the green man. I see. Perfect. And that's why you said Al-Khidr is the green man as well. Al-Khidr. Yes, Al-Khidr. It, it's pronounced Al-Khidr with a ba. This is very difficult Arabic letter to pronounce. Say it again. Ba. Ba. That's like my name, Ridda. But uh, it's very, you got it right in one, Jen Jennifer? Jennifer. Jennifer, you got it right in one. Great. He's telling us about, go ahead, you. So he was telling us that George comes from Geo, which means Earth, and that the, the Knight Templar brought back hashish, calling it the Green Man as a kind of code. Go ahead. That's correct. And, uh, well, they obviously must have been using it in their rituals. It was a very sacred plant to them. And so, of course, uh, St. George, they, they sanctified the plant. And um, basically, they called it that. So when you have stories of Sir Gawain in the Green Knight, it's, um, it's actually a quest for enlightenment through, um, through the use of herbs. Herbs as a kind of support. Yes. Not as the, the path. No. As healing. 
no, you should never use it as the path. It's uh, if you're using it, if you're seeking the truth, you should never. You can use drugs, but never use the drugs for uh, search for ultimate truth. They are stepping stones that will lead you to the ultimate truth. Continue. I think um, uh, you know uh, this. The use of drugs is is an actual fact. I think it's. I think it's, it's ultimately it's a bit of a perversion um, of the true use of drugs, how they were meant to be used. They were meant to be used in, in more in a ritualistic way, in a devotional way. Right. Uh, the shaman in South America, for example, still use um, different hallucinogens, but they don't use the hallucinogens all the time. They use them from time to time. And there's a big difference in that, um, you know. So that, uh, because if you're permanently stoned, you're not going to be much use to anybody. And uh, you know, we've got we've got intuition, but God also gave us intellect. We have brains as well as a heart, and we have to know when to you speak from the heart. And we have we have to know when to speak from the head. And then we can act intelligently. True. So go back to the Green Knight. Yeah. And Sir Gawain. Yes. What the story? Well, how did the Knights Templar incorporate the Arthurian dimension of that legend into their active spirituality? Well, the story you, the story goes that uh, uh, the Green Knight turns up at the court of King Arthur. Remember, the court of King Arthur is in actual fact a Templar court. And we're talking about the Grand Master, the Arthur is the Grand Master of the Templars, and his knights are the Knights Templar. And their, their main thing is they're going on the quest for the Holy Grail, which contains the elixir of life. It's, it's a variant of the Grail quest, if you like. The Green Knight turns up, and he says in King Arthur's court, um, I challenge anybody to, to strike me. And after a year and a day, I will return the blow. And he turns up at King Arthur's court with this challenge. The knights are all dumbfounded, and Arthur says, "Give me a sword, and I'll cut his head off." <laughs> and um, one of the knights, Gawain, stands up and he says, "No, no, no, Arthur, uh, my lord king, I haven't won any noble quest at all. Let me have this honour." And Arthur says, "Very well, you do it." So he takes his sword. And the Green Knight says, oh, I'm very pleased to see you, Sir Gawain. And he kneels down, and Gawain takes his sword and cuts his head off. And the Green Knight reaches forward, picks the head up, and places it back on his shoulders. Gets on his horse, turns round and says to Gawain, Come and meet me in the Green Chapel, which is somewhere in Wales. Come and meet me in the Green Chapel in a year and a day, and I will return the same blow. And he rides off. Well, the court is utterly dumbfounded and utterly perplexed. This was at Christmas time. Uh, 
the festiv the Christmas festivities go on, and then life goes on, and then a little bit later on in the year, Gawain realizes he has to go on his quest. So he goes on a quest for the Green Knight. This gets a little bit convoluted. Do you want me to continue? With one little break, because I've got to go and get some cake. <laughs> so let's just put a pause while the bells chime three. Uh, it's three o'clock. Are you all right, So as the year starts to progress, Gawain thinks, well, I'd better get on my way and um, go questing for the Green Knight. So he goes on and he quests for the Green Knight and and the Green Chapel, and he gets to North Wales, where he believes the Green Chapel is, where the Green Knight will be. But he can't find it. But he sees a castle, and he goes to the castle. This is, by the way, this is a medieval tale that would have been told in the courts, in medieval courts at the time. Um, so, he comes to a castle, Gawain does, and he not bangs on the door of the castle or castle gate, whatever, and it's answered by the a man dressed in red, and he is the Red Knight, and he said, uh, I'm looking for the Green Chapel, because I've got to meet the Green Knight. And he said, oh, that's, he said, your quest is almost over. He said, it's... Uh, Jenny is, but you can sit over here. And he said, you can sit here, and that's fine. So he sits there. By the way, this is Claire. Claire, do you want to introduce yourself? This is a, an interview for the Green Knight Multimedia website. Sugar. <laughs> for you, opportunity knocks. <laughs> I can't be doing with it. I'm not very good at I've got all that kind of stuff, am I? I'm more like doing things and less talking about it. You're okay. You're brilliant. She's brilliant at talking. I'm vaccinated with a gramophone needle. I know. I know. You talk so well. Oh, I do. <laughs> this is what we... So anyway, um, he says, come and stay with me. So he said, okay. He said, well, your quest is nearly over. The Green Chapel's just way down over there not very far away so he goes over and he stays with them and the the next morning the red knight says to him i'm going hunting today and whatever i catch i will give you he said you stay here he said but whatever you get you must give me so he said okay that's a good deal so he goes off and while he's gone the red knight's wife does her best to seduce him she said oh i'm so tired of living with this boring old man you come to bed with me i want to make love with you i need a real man in my life and he says no he said i am a knight of king arthur i behave honorably i will not sleep with you you are a married woman and she tries and tries but he refuses to sleep with her and at the end of the day she said oh all right and she gives him one kiss on the cheek so the red knight comes home and he comes home with the deer and she said look he said 
I've got a deer. He said, well, we had an agreement. I will give you the deer and you must give me what you've got today. So he presents him with the deer and uh, the green knight said, well, this is all I have to give you. And he gives him a kiss on the cheek. Uh, I suspect in medieval times there might have been a little bit more embellishment to this, you know, a little bit more bawdy probably. But anyway, he gives him a kiss on the cheek. So the next day, the green knight, or the red knight says, I'm going hunting again. He said, you stay here and whatever you catch, you give me. And um, whatever I catch, I will give you. So the red knight goes off. And that day his wife comes again. We're still in the story, by the way, of the green knight, would you believe? He says, and she does her best to seduce Gawain. All day she really tries it, put on a low-cut dress, you know, and really flaunts it in front of him. But no, has no effect whatsoever. And uh, in the end, she gives him uh, uh, two kisses. And the at the end of the day, the Red Knight comes home and he said, all I got was this wild boar. And he gives a wild boar to the, that is caught to go away. And he said, what have you got for me? And he gives the Red Knight two kisses. And the Red Knight says, where did you get those from? He said, ah, he said, that wasn't part of our arrangement. He said, uh, you only asked me to give you what I had got today. He said, that's true, fair enough. So they're all happy and they have a lovely time. The next day, the third day, he goes out and he said the same thing again. Whatever you get, I will give you, and whatever I get, uh, whatever you get, you must give me, and whatever I get, I will give you. So he comes home the next day, or rather the next day they go off, and the, the uh, Red Knight's wife really does her best to seduce him, anything she can to seduce him. She pulls all the stops out, and, but Gawain is strong of character because it's a test. The whole story of this point of the story is a test of the faithfulness of Gawain and the faithfulness of the knights, the true knights of Christ. So, and he refuses to have anything to do with her. And she said, well, look, she said, I know you're going to meet the green knight. She said, take this girdle of mine and put it on. It's a green girdle uh, or a green belt. Put it on, and it, was, um, it has magical properties, and it will protect you from any harm from the Green Knight. The Red Knight comes home, and he said, Oh, he said, all I got was this useless old fox. But here you are, here's the fox. What did you get? And um, the, I should point out, the, um, the Red Knight's wife had given him two more kisses and he said here's the red fox that I got he said but what else can I uh, what else have you got for me today and he gives him two more kisses and he, the red knight said well come on where did you get those kisses from he said no 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 we had an agreement he said and that wasn't part of the agreement so I'm not going to tell you and they had a laugh about it and he but he didn't mention about the green belt 
that his wife had given him. So he puts the big green belt on the next morning and he bids farewell to the Red Knight and he goes off to the Green Chapel and he hears the Green Knight sharpening his axe on the whetstone and he shouts out are you in there i am gawain i have come to fulfill my promise to meet you and he said just a minute gawain you stay there and i will join you so he comes out and he said i am pleased to see you gawain you are indeed a brave knight and uh, the great knight gawain says well come on get on with it then make strike your blow so the green knight takes his axe and swings it and gawain flinches and he said oh you coward you flinched and he said well what do you expect he said you're going to cut my head off he said at least you could pick your head up and put it on your shoulders once you've struck your blow my head will be there and that'll be it so he takes another swing goes the axe and swings just past his head and this time Gawain doesn't move oh strong like a tree Gawain that is good now I will strike my death blow and he just nicked him on the neck that's all he did Gawain, the green knight nicked Gawain on the neck and Gawain sprang back drew his sword out and he said that was our bargain you had one blow on me now it's my turn he said if you have a go another go at me you've broken your promise and then he hears laughter and he looks up and the green knight has transformed into the red knight and he said this was a test Gawain to see how faithful you were to the principles of knighthood and he said you didn't tell me about the belt that my wife gave you so i gave you a little nick because it was just a little lie but if you had slept with my wife your head would be lying in the grass so they go back to the castle and they have a wonderful celebration and Gawain goes back to the court of King Arthur and King Ar and he tells King Arthur and the other knights what's happened and after that um, the knights of King Arthur always wore a green belt or a green sash um, to in honor of Gawain, of Gawain's quest to meet the green knight yeah now that was a story that would have been told in medieval times and they'd have told it, the minstrels would have told it a lot better than I've told it you've done it wonderfully well thank you so much you're most welcome now alas I have to go okay so, um, we're going to have to stop this here and it's at 33 minutes you've given us a wonderful introduction to the green knight multimedia website Thank and you. although this is the only the fifth conversation i've had i think in the last few days this one is going on first so Brilliant. on that note i will stop and i'll thank uh, amanda Claire. Claire, Jennifer who's just had to go, Abdurrahman and 
Nick. Nick. So thank you all very much indeed.